Hello, everyone. We're back. Welcome to another Bikini in the Brain. I am here with the lovely Ashley Kaltwasser. Hi. Hello, everyone. And we have an episode for you today chosen by you guys. Woo. Yes. It is a Q&A episode. A lot of good questions came in from an earlier Q&A we did, and we saved these questions. The good, juicy ones, Ashley saved. Juicy ones. <laughs> and uh, we're just going to jump jump right into it, yeah? Jump right into it. Yes. So our first question came in from Tiana. What are some of the common misconceptions about the bikini division, such as conditioning, posing, etc.? I would like to start this one. I think the common misconception with the most common misconception is like glutes are like they should be. Hmm, how do I say the standout feature in bikini? That is not the case. OK, I get it. It's 2023. Everyone wants great glutes. It's all about the booty these days. <laughs> and we see Instagram, a lot of booty models. Everyone wants great glutes. But this is bikini. This is not wellness. You need to be balanced. That means your glutes should not overpower your physique. There, in fact, that goes for any body part yeah. in bikini. There should be no body part that outweighs the other or overpowers the other. So some of the best competitors we see don't have like, wow, did you see her glutes though? Or wow, did you see her shoulders? You know what I mean? There should be no body part that outweighs anything in the bikini physique, it should be balanced from top to bottom. Okay. Cause I think like even how bikini girls used to pose, like even just like in 2018, where we sit so heavy on the glute and kind of like narrowed our shoulders a little bit, you know, it was kind of like counterproductive because we were kind of making the glutes and the legs, the main focus when that's not the case. So that might've been a trend in 2018 or a few years before, but definitely not now you have to have symmetry. So everything should be in line, especially since we have wellness now that clearly is the more lower body dominant uh, division and in comparison to bikini. So especially with that, it really, makes a statement that bikini is about balance, not about glutes. Yeah, that was a good, that was a very good, um, a good thing. And a lot of times people say, oh, bikini is one from the back. And I'm like, no, that's one from everywhere. It's, one it's from all angles. It's one from that's, yeah. that's, that's not even 50% of it. You know, the back is, if you look at front and back, it'll be 50, 50, but it's not front and back. It's front, back, stage presence, hair, tan, makeup. Like there's, we're probably talking 30% when you really break it down, you know, yeah, it's a huge part of it, but it's, it's not everything. So, um, there's a, I, I would say another misconception would be the conditioning is another factor. And as well as how muscular the girls are, those are like the two, some of the, two of the other big ones that I run into and the conditioning. And this is, you run into this a lot with like peak week with girls on like day of show and they're like, Oh, I need, you know, what we say, Oh, I need one rice cake versus two or one tablespoon of honey. Like then they're freaking out backstage. And I'm like, Hey, you're not, you're not a cross strided quad bodybuilder where every, like, like everything matters that much. Like it doesn't matter that much. Like it matters. You got to be full. You got to be round, but you're not lean enough where those little tiny things at the very end make differences because you have to get to a certain level of, of leanness for that manipulation at that fine fine amount of manipulation is visual mm -hmm. and you're just no one's that lean and if you are that lean in bikini you're too lean so like day of show for bikini it should be a pretty relaxed pretty fun day and I in the barn. yeah there's not much you can do i mean it's pretty much just make sure that you're 
you still have enough water so you look full and, you're, and you can get a pump but um carb wise and all that like the day of the show there's not much going on like and if someone's trying to carb you up the very end the morning of the show they're gonna bloat your stomach out you missed your peak already at that point like you should be ready the most important days for peak week for a bikini competitor is going to be basically friday thursday is going to be like more times than not the most important day and then friday is like the second most important day and day of show when it comes to food it's really there's really not much you're going to do the day of the show it's like you just kind of keep it as is so and just to clarify that's assuming the show's on a saturday because yeah, i've sorry. been seeing like some friday and, and sunday shows so Good if your show's on a saturday yes absolutely so the three days before yes for sure and so um yeah so just it just helps people relax a little bit backstage you know i have uh you know i'll have girls that are just like freaking oh what do i need what do i need and i'm like you're you're good to go like as as far as like that goes and like girls are like oh you know i want you backstage or whatever I'm, I'm not even allowed to go backstage at the arnold the olympia and it's like the biggest shows of the year there's no coaches pretty much allowed unless you're like a vendor or sponsoring it or something like that or part of the show coaches aren't there i'm sitting in the front with all the coaches that like prep the best athletes in the world even in like bodybuilding coaches so uh like don't worry so much and don't put that stress on you because there's not much they can do backstage and even at the biggest level the highest level shows they're not backstage and when i am backstage i'm like checking hair and <laughs> making sure their tans right it's not like i'm like carving up a girl like oh you need three ounces of water and a half a tablespoon but nothing of more <laughs> only oh well, that's perfect it's a three quarters of a tablespoon of honey right it's like no it's like oh you're your hair's got a frizzy <laughs> get that fixed you yeah. know your your lipstick's a little off like it's like that's like it at the backstage because it's already done so let yourself relax a little bit uh when it comes to that and then the other thing is really the the amount of muscle is i will say now bikini is more muscular than it's than it's ever been that's true but when you see a bikini girl in person they are significantly smaller than you think they are on mm -hmm. when you see them yes. and i mean people and it not this is not a, a bash on you or anything like that, but people will see Ashley all the time. It's like, oh, oh I can't. I'm so disappointed. Yeah, they're like, oh, man. <laughs> they'll be like, oh, she's she's like not as big as I thought she was. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head because I've never, no one has ever came up to me in person and was like, whoa, you're bigger than I thought. They're yeah. always like, oh, you're just a lot smaller than I thought. They're like, oh, small. Yeah, <laughs> it's consistent. Like in those like meet the athletes, yeah. and I was like, oh, and it's like. It's nice to see because you see girls who think they can't do the sport. They'll never be big as you. And then they see you and then it's like an instant like motivation. They're like, like, oh, I can do that. Oh, I can get that big. I can yeah. do that. Like, and it's a cool, I see it happen all that. Remember it happened when Phoebe first saw you too. She's like, she's a lot. She's not as big as I thought she was. She's like, I've, I think I, I have enough muscle. And I was like, yeah, I'm telling you, these girls aren't crazy Jack. They, you get them lean, you get them under the right lights, you get the right angles in the gym when these girls are doing that, you know, under the goon lighting. And they look crazy, crazy jacked. And they are they are very muscular. The bikini competitors of today are not bikini competitors of 10 years ago. But it's not crazy as you guys think. And if you're if you're in that bucket where you're like, oh, I'll never be that big, go to a pro show and like meet some of these athletes. Go to the meet the athletes thing. They're not, they're not crazy jacked. Right. So yeah. So that's absolutely that's a that's a good one to to go into too. So mm -hmm. and I want to la uh, lastly just add on one thing. Um Another common misconception um, for bikini competitors is, yeah, we don't train like bodybuilders. I know a lot of bikini girls have bodybuilder coaches. But if that's the case, it doesn't usually translate as well. Um, just like you said, we don't need to get as lean as bodybuilders. So the food manipulation at the very, very end doesn't matter all that much. But also, it's a lot. I think if somebody saw my peak week 
and just how I train in general, it's a lot less extreme than people think. A lot less extreme. And I know it's relative, right? Um, but for me, I kind of coast on in, you know, just come ready. So, yeah. yeah. All right. So next question comes in from Leanne Fitpanda, and she says, signs. Lean Fit Panda. Oh, what did I say? Leanne. Oh, you're right. I did say that. <laughs> lean Fit Panda. You ever seen a Lean Fit Panda? They're jacked, bro. Underneath yeah. that coat. I mean, they're on a vegan diet. They, they got like a six-pack going on. <laughs> they're, got, they're on a vegan diet, so at least health conscious. Bamboo shoots all day. <laughs> they're at least, you know, doing pull-ups and stuff on the trees. <laughs> I, can see a, I can see a panda being lean and jacked. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, sign, signs you should stop prep and start a reverse diet. So that's a good one because there are... So I would say this. Um, no, she said signs you should start. What did she say? Signs you should stop. Okay. Signs you should stop prep. So I will say that there's a lot of girls who continue to prep who shouldn't be. Okay. And then and and you can look at Ashley and look at her scenario and you're like, oh, well, she competes all the time. I should, I should too, because Ashley does it. And it's a great way of doing it. Ashley doesn't need a lot of muscle. And this is one of the feedback she had this year wasn't anything about muscle. So because she's, you know, where she kind of needs to be muscle-wise, yeah, it doesn't make sense for her to have these crazy long offseason. and she's built up the muscle she did. Even when she needed a little bit more muscle, it was only a little bit more muscle. So I will say if you're in a scenario like that, yeah, it makes more sense to compete often. But if you're in a scenario where you're doing, let's say, NPC level shows and you just love competing, but you're getting consistently like fifth places and stuff at like a local level, but you want to be a pro one day, I would say face that reality and be like, you know, it's probably smarter for you to take a year off, six months off, whatever, and grow into the next show versus competing every month uh, or competing, you know, multiple times a year, especially if you're competing multiple times a year. Because if you're competing multiple times a year, let's say like every four months, you're still in prep all year long. So it, it is going to hinder your growth a little bit, especially in that initial phase. Now, remember, it's person by person. If you need one pound of muscle, two pounds of muscle, like like Ashley did a couple years ago, yeah, it makes sense to keep competing. Why not? She she did it. She proved it and she did it while she was competing. So it's person by person. That'll be one, one factor. But if you're one of these people that have really hard preps too, I would say that's another thing. Like if you're grinding all the time, it's not sustainable. You're not going to be able to sustain these long periods, you know? Yeah. I would also listen to you like cues in your body. Like, are you recovering efficiently? Or do you wake up every day with zero energy and you feel like every workout just takes so much out of you? and you feel depleted and you feel weak, right? I think that would be another sign. Um, as you're competing, are you getting worse or are you getting better? You know, some people can hang on for a good amount of time. Some people look better because maybe they started out a little too soft and they're getting more conditioned and they're holding on to a good amount of muscle. But some people just get smaller and softer. Yeah. Like they get that like skinny, fat, depleted look. Right. So it's a very person by person, but I would also ask, where's your mindset at? Are you dreading it? Is this something that you just feel like is a big task? Because, you know, for a lot of people, you know, that first show sounds like fun. Second show sounds like fun, but you set your season up and you're like, yeah, I'm going to compete like two times a month for the next six months. And when you don't do as well, it doesn't become, it becomes less um, fun. Right. Everyone thinks it's fun until they don't do as well as they think and they get worse. And then it's like, ugh. that's why when somebody comes to Adam says, yeah, I'm going to compete a lot this year. I'm like, mm, that's what we all, that's what they all say. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. You know, cause everyone wants to, it sounds like fun until you're in it and it's not. 
yeah, life gets life gets in the way. You know, it is a big task to be in prep all the time. Yeah. And I mean, shows happen all the time. You know, if you're dreading it so much, hey, just take a little breather, chart, recharge your battery. Okay. There'll be shows next week, next month, next year, and five years. Shows are not going anywhere. So, you know, feel confident in what you're doing. And then at the end of the day, there are going to be sucky times, of course, with everyone's prep. Not every day is going to be sunshine and rainbows. But if it's something that's like you genuinely are dreading now, it's time to take a little break. Yeah. No, no need to to keep pushing through for no reason. Yeah, this is a this is a long a long game sport. You know, um, to, to to put on as much muscle as you need to have round, full glutes, to have you know shoulders that are slightly capped. It's not going to happen really quickly. And I think that that's something that everyone needs to take into consideration. The the bikini physique, like a pro bikini physique these days is, is you know, it's a three-year, five-year physique. It's a it's a longer physique than it used to be. You know, before it could have been a six-month, 18-month physique. Now it's, it's more evolved. So understand it's going to take you a while to get to that pro level looking physique. And if you're going to even make it to that stage, it has to be enjoyable to some to some degree. You know, people get burnt out on this really, really quickly. And if you're Seeing any of those signs like Ashley talked about, yeah, just just hold back and focus on off-season. Off-season can be fun too. You start tracking your weights. You start trying to have, you know, lift heavier weight in the gym and tracking it that way. You're seeing improvements happen. You can have a, a free meal once a week or twice a week, whatever you have set up with your coach. Like it could be a lot of fun that way too. Doesn't necessarily need to be just a show that's only the fun. The, the workouts themselves can be fun. Hitting PRs, things like that, you know, mixing things up. So just make, just change your goal, but also... One of the things that you could take into account too to, to really know if signs you should start prep is, is if you're doing any hormone checks, if you're running your labs, that could be a good sign too. If everything's starting to trend really down, you know, talk to your, um, you know, talk to the, your your doctor who does labs for you. And if your hormones are trending down or send your labs to your coach, and if your hormones keep trending down because you're just dieting for too long, which is a natural part of it, then yeah, that could be a sign too. Maybe it's time for you to, to increase those calories a little bit, increase those fats a little bit. So um, there's a lot of like signs that are, physical some are hormonal and some are just like psychological too you know so those are those are kind of i think some of the the main signs and then like you said losing muscle too you know if you're just not if you're getting coming in at each show like a little bit more stringy and a little bit flatter and you just can't seem to get that pop back probably a good sign for an, an off season so um yeah so that's basically it this one mm -hmm. okay cool next question from Oh, I like this. Maliz Olympia. <laughs> That's cool. Kind of a play on Ms. Olympia. Maliz Olympia. That's cool. These guys have some cool names today. Yeah. Uh, what is different about competing internationally, especially Japan? It's quite the experience, I would say. It's like much more than than just going to your local show. There's a lot more planning that goes into it with food, packing strategically. Uh, you know, even you have to factor in what climate are you going to? Are you going to retain water because it's more humid or are you going to dry out because it's dry? Um, it's way more of an experience and way more to plan for. You know, sometimes you have to just have the attitude with like, just kind of go with the flow because things aren't, you know, you're used to having things one way in the States and things are a little different over there. Um, anywhere you go that's not the USA, things are a little different. So you just kind of have to just go with the flow and try to minimize stress because there are going to be some things that's going to be like not as convenient, you know. Uh, in America, everything is convenient for us and we know where to get things if we need things. Go to the store, get chicken here, go to whatever, get water here. 
sometimes it's it's a little more complex than that overseas. Like for example, um, you know, I had to buy raw chicken at some time and, and cook it in my little George Foreman thing. And then sometimes they would have prepackaged chicken that I would use, but there's just more that goes into it, but it is more fun. It's just a different experience. And I highly recommend somebody trying to compete overseas if they haven't already. Well, there you go. One thing that I will say too is the people overseas, especially in Japan, appreciate bodybuilding yes. more too. We kind of went into that a little bit on your, um, if you guys haven't seen it, actually did a recap of the Japan show. It was really cool. Showed the graphics of it. Everything was like super intense there. It was awesome. Um, but people in different countries versus America just, I don't know if, I want to say they appreciate it more. It's just, I guess it's probably around less. Um, so it's more of a event to them as it is to, you know, someone in Las Vegas who has mm -hmm. the Olympia, like five pro shows <laughs> and 10, whatever, 12 regular NPC shows. It's very regular out here. So it's not as like shocking, you know, to, to see someone like Ashley or Jay Cutler, because you could see Jay out of one of the gyms here just working out and Jen's at a gym working out. Like everyone's just kind of here. So I think it's just because over here it's really regular, right? But um, over there it's like, oh my gosh, like it's it's like a full-on event. Like people are like really excited over there, which is, it makes you appreciate what you do, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Great experience. So when do you think you'll make your 2024 debut for a show after you're fully healed? See, that's the thing. I don't know when I'll heal. So it could be like, I could very well do a show in March or whatever. I could very well do a show in April, May. I would, I'd say probably May latest, but you never know. Um, it's like one of those things, if I had a crystal ball, I could probably give you the answer, but there's a few things that's kind of like, you know, we don't know how long is it going to take for my, it's not just, not necessarily the healing of my eye. It's just how long I have to take off from the gym. And also, you know, the getting put under general anesthesia, how is that going to affect my body? Is it going to mess up my digestion? We don't know. So I don't know. Anywhere yeah. from March, April, May is going to be my debut, but we'll see which show. But yeah, May latest, I think would yeah. be pretty, it's a pretty good, you know, off season for me. You're going to get antsy. I know. <laughs> you're going to get antsy with I this know. one. Yeah. But I'm glad you're doing the surgery. You need it. So I do. Yeah. So, um, Chandra from Chandra, um, are you planning on trying a softer look for your next show per Olympia feedback? Maybe a little bit, but we'll see how the rest of the shows in the year go. You yeah. know, I did like my my um, my look at Japan, which we intentionally made me a bit softer and fuller. But we'll see. I think my range would be the Olympia look. And then that's the leanest I should probably ever get. And the softest I should probably get is Japan. Yeah. Um, which is still on the leaner side, but not as lean. So that's probably my range. Yeah. I think the the goal is going to be just to be full and not push push it to the point where she loses lines. It's just be full as she can be without losing her trademark look. Because the problem is, is that some like maybe a judge will be like, oh, she's a tiny bit lean. But then other judges are like, yeah, that's perfect conditioning. So when you get like that, when you're walking the line like that, you kind of want to stay, you know, be improved the next year, but you don't want to like completely go off that line. It's, it's a, it's a risk to say, okay, let's just come in five pounds heavier and be fuller. Like it's a pretty different look, you know? So it's a, a matter of making the improvements and doing the right thing and coming in a, a, maybe a kiss softer, but it's not like, Hey, we just, you know, gain three pounds because they want you to be, you know, 
fatter. That's not really what, because that wasn't the feedback. It was right. like maybe, a, maybe a little bit hard. It wasn't like, oh, she's crazy, crazy strided. You know, she's crazy. Like it's way over the top. It was nothing right. like that. You know, she wouldn't have placed third if it was. It was just like, oh, she's might be a hinting on the tight side. So it's it's a different scenario, and that's a good thing to learn for your feedback too. Like really listen to what the judges are saying. You know, listen to them. Listen to what they're saying. If they say, hey, you're way too tight, like, whoa, what are you doing? You got to come way softer. That's a different feedback than, ah, oh, she's a tiny bit tight, right? So it's, you just got to pay attention to what the judges are saying, you know, especially when they give you like the fullness response. And that's good for you guys. It's good for, for Ashley, for everyone. So um, yeah, just really, and, and ask them why, you know, like, oh, you need more fullness. What do you mean more fullness? Like I need more muscle or do you need it saying that I'm flat right now and I need to have more carbs? Are you saying that I'm too tight? Like, what do you mean exactly? by the fullness, right? So that way you can have clarification on, on what it is, you know? If someone says, are you a little too tight? I'm like, oh, is she a little too tight? Or is she like, is she like way too tight? Like, oh no, no, barely, like barely. So it's it's a hard thing. And, and how do you how do you plan that exactly on show day where you can just nail it, that just that kiss? It's it's tough, you know, it's a tough one. So um, there you go. All right, this is a good question. And this is obviously for you. If bikini evolved into a physique you didn't like, would you still compete? Sure. <laughs> sure. I mean, here's the thing. I come from a running background. I totally do not mind having a runner's physique. You know, it's, I, I don't mind it. Like, which is a smaller, smaller physique, maybe a little, especially more up top. It's going to be smaller. Like I'm not, some people are like hungry for muscle and like, love it. I'm just like, it's there. It's cool. But I can also be a runner's build and I'll be perfectly happy. I think as long as I'm like lean I or f I feel fit and efficient, then I'm good. I don't necessarily crave muscle, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I like to be aerodynamic. Yeah. I like to be efficient, aerodynamic and uh, agile. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think they would change the physique that much. If anything, I would love if they required less muscle. I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, <laughs> now we're talking. But if I have to put on more muscle, I'll try my darndest. But it's not, it's like, I don't mind it. Like I said, it's not like, I, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. I have muscles. It's not like that. It's just like, eh, do what I got to do. But yeah, sure. and and honestly, the direction that they've gone in the last, like, couple years with muscle, I think that it's pretty much maxed out. I mean, yeah. it's it seems like they've gotten a real control and like saying hey girls stop they even um dinged a competitor who had too much muscle um you know that that you don't see that happening too often you know so it's like yeah they seem to be really being like hey this is it guys this is the this is the criteria this is the division um might change some posing i think this year you are going to see some some slight changes in posing a little bit some angles you'll see if you really like can pay attention there's going to be some angles i think that'll be changed a little bit this year on posing um but as far as the physique goes i think it's pretty much there i think it's going to be pretty maxed out for a while i because there's any more evolution of what it is are clear signs of evolution. And they've already kind of said no more to these things. So they said no striated hamstrings, right? That would be the next evolution of conditioning because you already have the tie-in. They said they don't want glutes to overpower the physique. They're already pretty big. So any bigger is going to be past the criteria. So like before it's, it's hard to tell if it's getting there. Like as a judge and I, you know, I do my reviews and sometimes I'm hard on the judges. I don't mean to be, but like sometimes it's, it's hard to tell if someone went too far because it's such a little, a little thing, but now it's very obvious. If you get any leaner, your strided hamstrings, it's like, no, too much, too lean. Your glutes get any bigger where it's unbalanced. Your physique is like, no, it's clearly too big. If your quads get any bigger, they're squared off at the bottom. Like, no, those are too big, too dense at the top. So like 
there's kind of any more is very obvious. So any, I think that it's before when you have someone who's soft and they're a little bit bigger, but they're softer and you're not seeing those lines. It's like, oh yeah, she's a little bit bigger, but it's a little bit. And then it just keeps pushing and pushing. And now it's like, everything's obvious now. So I think yeah, that's that in itself is a stopping point for it. And it really, any past, any more evolutions break kind of the standards that are set out there now um, that, you know, Tyler has been putting out those videos. It kind of says, Hey, these are the things we're looking for. Any more of this isn't bikini. And it's like the judges are like, okay, I could see it, you know? So yeah, mm. I think we're, I think it's here. I think that, I think that it's at its final stages really Absolutely. posing and stuff. I think will change, but I don't think any more muscle is really going to be a thing. I just don't see it happening. Mm. Less would be probably more likely. So next question, this is a Ashley question. Oh, we already said what my goal was. <laughs> my goal is 50 dubs. It's crazy. Yeah. Next, yeah. Ashley's next goal is to get to 50, to cement her name as the all-time most bikini winning bikini competitor, maybe forever. Maybe. I know. That's it's gonna be a pretty hard task for anyone. If you get to if you get to 50, that's that's crazy. Yeah, that would be crazy. It would. It's such a cool thing to think about, though. I love the challenge, though. I love thinking like, oh, it's going to be hard, but it's possible I can do it. I remember when you got to 30 and because no one in history has ever been at 30. You know, that was like a crazy, a crazy thing. And I was like, I remember I remember you were in the 20s. Like, and I was like, I bet you she could do it. I bet you she. But even then, even when you were in the 20s to get to 30, though, it seemed realistic based on like how many years you have to compete and all that, right? It still didn't seem like that plausible because no one's ever done it, right? Mm -hmm. It's like that whole five-minute mile thing until someone ran a five-minute mile, no one thought I could do it. And then I was like, man, she's getting up there. She might be able to do this. Like, but it just, it takes a long time, you know? Yeah. And I was like, it, it was, but it was, even then in my head, I was like, you know, it's pretty hard to do. You know, it's like, it's just so, it's such a crazy thing to say, but 50 yeah. is, it doesn't even make sense, you know? I know. And I want to, I want to tackle this goal so much. Like I'm just like thinking about it because it's like, I have to be so strategic how, like what shows I do, where my, cl the clustering of shows and stuff. But yeah, like I said, when that list comes out, I think we can get a better idea of our plan of action. You know, I do what I will say. I definitely want to compete more overseas next year. Um, I think that'll be fun because I had a lot, a lot of uh, good memories in Japan and I want to make more of them. So Maybe I can do a cluster overseas, like maybe a few in Europe or a few in Asia or something. I don't know. But once that list comes out, I'll have a lot of fun trying to pick and choose which I want to do. And we got to do one taco country for Adam. <laughs> yeah. He wants one taco. I said, country. I want to go one. Can we go to one? It's always, and the reason is, is that these other countries we go to, it's, it is hard to get around because the, even the word, the letters are different. Like when, that's that's the one if if the letters are the same i could figure it out <laughs> when the letters are totally different like a russia or a japan and the letters are like how do you even type that into like a yeah, search you can't like it's i just yeah. any walkable distance i'm pretty comfortable with but any like driving or bus or anything i'm like oh i don't know where i'm at now <laughs> just so if we're gonna be traveling a lot let's go to some latin countries and then I could get some, yeah, we could get some good tacos. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully a show in the Caribbean too, because yeah. I've still never been there, which is crazy because I've been to a lot of places, but not nowhere in the Caribbean. I hope I, one of the shows kind of aligned with my schedule. We'll see. Yeah. All right. So here, this next question comes in from Sid Sofit. Um, how will girls who overdid the muscle be able to tone it down again to meet the criteria? That's a tough one. It's a tough one, but also... Not really. Yeah. Just it's a tough yeah. one mentally. Yeah. Maybe. 
yeah, this is a tough. So if you're in this situation, um, it's a here. Here we go. It's it's much if once it's much harder to lose muscle to fit a division and look right than it is to gain muscle into a division. It's almost better to be undersized a little than to be oversized, because once you're once you're oversized, the judges know what they're looking for to like. Okay, she's got these clear signs of being oversized. You have to correct that. So now you have to correct that going into a show, but then you also have to be full at the same time without looking stringy, right? You, and so the mentally you'd go into a show saying, oh, I'm going to just keep my muscle, but I'll come in flat and I'll just be smaller. And that way I get to do what I want. I get to keep lifting hard. I get to have fun. And then I just kind of come in a little bit flat, but you don't look the same as someone who's properly sized muscle with hundred percent fullness. If you're overly sized muscle with 50% fullness, it's a different roundness and look to it. And so um, physically losing the muscle is a very tough mental thing for girls who put on the muscle because girls who put on the muscle generally like to lift really heavy stuff. <laughs> like I want to go like there's just there's different types of bikini competitors, right? Ashley's a, a lifter to filler. She wants to feel the muscle. She wants to feel it. You know, if we said, hey, Ashley, you've got enough muscle. You only need to work out three times a week. She'd be like, oh, cool. That's sweet. Right. But then you have some other girls that are like, powerhouses in the gym, you know, like, uh, you know, I've, I've had a few of them, you know, um, and they just want to lift heavy ass weight. <laughs> like I want to go to the gym and I want to tear it up. I want to lift heavy ass weight. That's what's fun for me. Right. I want to hit PRs. I want to do heavy squats. I want to do deadlifts. Like there's just different types of bikini competitors. And if you're one of those bikini competitors, the hardest thing for you to going to do is going to be to pull you back on muscle. That's when I have girls quit or go to a different division. It's when I'm, when I'm at the point where I know a girl's like a heavy, heavy lifter and I'm like, okay, we're going to pull back on your lifting. Now you're just going to just kind of pump your glutes three times a week, twice or twice a week, just pump them and pump your shoulders twice a week. And that's your whole workout. That's like, that's all you're doing in the gym and just doing cardio now, like literally pumping, like they'll do 20 reps, lateral raises twice, 20 reps, front raises twice, 20 reps, rear delts, and then like just glute kickbacks. And that's their whole workout. That's it for like, cause they're not, it's hard for them to lose muscle. So they just do that and they do that for like months, right? And then they do cardio. That pairs girls up. They're like, I just, I'm sick of this. Like the first month they're like, oh, cool. I'll do that. Yeah, that's great. And then after two, month two comes around, they're like, I hate this. I'll just go to wellness. I'll just, mm -hmm. I, I want to compete. I don't want to compete anymore. It's just, I just want to do this for me. I want to lift heavy stuff. Like, so the mental part of that is tougher than the, the physical part of it. So it's a tough, it's a tough thing. But the way you do it is just how I said it. You just pump and you do cardio and you're going to have to under eat a little bit because if you're eating adequate calories or a surplus of calories, it's going to be really hard for you to lose muscle. That's what's going to suck the most for people. I mm -hmm. think. Yeah. Just like purposely like getting, it's kind of, kind of, I'm sure also messes with your head too. Cause it's like, I worked so hard for this muscle. I earned it. And now you got to get rid of it. That's probably also something that messes with your mind. Well, it's, yeah, it's just, how do you, how do you prepare? And then the, the hard part about it in terms of coaching is, okay, we got her down in muscle now. Now she, she needs to lift weights going into the show. She has to be, have that pop to her. So you need to get, you know, blood of the muscle, glycogen muscle. Like we need to have that look. And then, so you're like, okay, starting at six weeks out before the show, we'll start lifting again. And all of a sudden muscle comes back. Boom. And you're like, gosh, dude, it came back so quick. Like it's happened to me before. I didn't think it even worked that way. You know, it's such an, it's such a hard, it's so rarely traveled and it's so different person by person that the route of travel isn't clear. So be, I don't know who the most experienced guy is with this scenario, but it's not me like taking someone down in muscle, 
then filling them back out right, then turning on the switch to get them to lift weights again, hoping that they don't put on the muscle you just lost. Like, I don't know who that guy is. Who Who's the expert in that? <laughs> right? yeah. It's it, it's such a rare occurrence. I don't know who the expert would be in that because it's just, it's a tough situation. It's very person by person and it might take you a while to figure that one out. It's a tough scenario. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm glad I don't run into too many of those. Yeah. But uh, I have ran into them. I've been I've been somewhat successful with them, but yeah, it's uh I mean I've never had someone go lose an adequate amount of muscle and then bring her perfectly right into a pro show like the, the first time, like the first attempt. That's not a that's not something I've been able to do, but it's again, it's like twice I've done it. So it's, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, so it's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's going to take some precision, that's for sure. Yeah, and I would also add on to it as well. If you're if you're aware, like you have an, a body part that tends to dominate, you know, to begin with, it's probably something you shouldn't be working out. Like as bikini competitors um, or any competitor, but mostly bikini, like I'll use me as an example. My overpowering muscle that I never train is my abs because I have a an etched six pack without doing anything. And the minute I start training my abs, they'll become way too uh, developed in 3d and in bikini that's not it's not what we want yeah. so i purposely do not engage my abs i do not train my abs because i do not want to give that look so that's my example but we all have those body parts that kind of take over in a sense for some girls it's their quads the minute they do a squat they only feel it in their quads so it's something you need to be aware of even in the beginning because sometimes you know to someone's credit Sometimes you don't know what's going on if you're too far into off season and you're lifting like crazy, but you don't know what's going on under the blanket of fluff. You know what I mean? So sometimes that becomes an issue for people that go too far into off season and they train really hard and they're putting on muscle, but they're not really aware of it because you're in off season. You got that coat of fluff. Yeah. So, you know, Sometimes if you go too soft, that's a disadvantage in the off season. You don't know what's going on under there. What's developing under there. What's overpowering for whenever you do lean out, you're going to, it's like, Oh, too late. I guess, yeah. uh, I guess I have massive hamstrings or whatever, you know? So yeah, in, in short, the, the best thing that you could do is if is just not get a muscle too big, honestly. And if you do barely get it there where you're like, okay, now I can just tone it down a little bit. And then when I tone it down a little bit, it's not that hard to tone it down. I go from lifting glutes, you know, two to three times a week to once a week. I go to lifting shoulders three to two to three times a week to once a week. And then you should be able to tone it down just with that type of thing where you get that feedback. But if you're getting that feedback that you're getting there already, just you're going to have to listen to that right away. So the, the best thing to do is just not let it get too big. So in, in short, what Ashley is, is saying, and she's dead, dead on accurate on it. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump into some of the questions that we have coming in through the live stream. If you guys are watching the live stream, feel free to ask those questions. Um, I'm going to go to this first one here that's coming in from Juliana. Um, she said, how did you train when you did want to build muscle at the beginning of your bikini journey? Well, there's a... I'm a little bit different because I come, I went right from college track to bikini. So I actually, I think I did like an eight week prep. I was already kind of there for a bikini at the time yeah. Um, because it didn't require as much muscle, but everyone's a little bit different. So I would say I'm probably a bad example to use because most people don't do it like that. Um, I have a very 
very extensive athletic background. So I already had the muscle for that time. Yeah. So I will say this as a rule of thumb, when you're getting into the sport of bikini competing, there's a few stages that you're going to need to consider. There's a few things that, um, that you're going to, a few things that you're going to go through. So when you're first starting in your bikini prep journey and you just entered the gym, you're like, I'm going to do this bikini thing. Your first stage is just basic bodybuilding. You're going to go through, do everything, every body part. You're going to work them all pretty equally. And then once you get to that stage and you build a good base of muscle, you'll get to your next stage of bikini bodybuilding, which is going to be bikini bodybuilding. You go through and you specifically look at parts that need to be better for the sport. You know, you're doing your glutes a little bit more, you're doing your shoulders a little bit more after you have your initial base and you're getting those body parts that, you know, are standouts in bikini to be a little better. And then in your last stage you go into is bikini sculpting. Bikini sculpting is where you look at your body, you actually break it down, uh, whatever, a coach, a judge, whatever, breaks it down for you and says, these are the areas you really need to focus on to have you being a better bikini competitor. And then you focus on those. And that's pretty much where you spend your career after you go through the initial phases of your bodybuilding, your bikini bodybuilding, and then your, your bikini sculpting. And once you get in the bikini sculpting stage, I will, I will tell you guys in advance, it is a little bit boring and repetitive, <laughs> but there's only so many ways you could train the glutes and shoulders. And that's going to be one of the main things, but you're kind of fine tuning it for balance at that point. You're pushing and pulling muscle groups. You might not be working some muscle groups at all anymore. And that's how you kind of focus on it. And it is a, it is a multi-year process to go through all those phases and to really fine tune it. You're not going to see a, a Miss Olympia bikini competitor in her second year of lifting. It's not going to happen. It's going to be a multi-year physique. So, um, so there you go. Yeah. That was fun actually. <laughs> okay. Let's go ahead and go into this question here from Giovanna T. Giovanna T. Um, Hi, is hiring a coach imperative for the beginning stages of building muscle? I'm not sure if I should hold off until I have a better starting point in bikini. So that again kind of goes down to what I kind of what I just said. What stage are you in and how serious are you? Will a coach will a coach help you in these initial stages? Yeah, of course a coach will help you in the initial stages. There's not a, there's not a sport you can do in the world where a coach won't help you in the initial stages. Now, is the value there for it is kind of the real question. Does it make sense value-wise for me to do that? I think that's going to be in everyone's own, um, everyone's own, you know, based on your own, your own finances. If the if money doesn't matter and it's unlimited, then yeah, hire a coach. If it's very tight, then maybe you could go get away with going online and learning things on YouTube and whatnot and getting through that initial stages. But um, you know, if you want to do anything great and you want to like, let's say I want to get to Olympia one day, it doesn't make sense. And, and it's, you can make it work. I would say go for it because obviously working with someone who does this is all they do, um, is going to have a better, a better and a faster result to you to get to that goal than you doing it on your own. Of course, that's what they do. They're professional, just like anything I could, I could probably fix my car too. If I looked it up on YouTube videos, but it'd take me a lot longer, you know, so versus just taking it in. So it's just one kind of one of those things that all things in life are like that, you know, that's what I would say there. Did you want to see? I can't see anything. Oh. I see two of it. You oh, yeah, me. that's right. You're, I forgot. This is post-surgery. This is pre-surgery, <laughs> Ashley. Um, okay, so this is kind of a opposite of the question we had prior, which is, when do you know you've been in an improvement season long enough? That is such a good question. That's because, a hard one, right? You know, it becomes difficult because it's hard to see what's going on sometimes if you're too soft, which is why you know, we were very big on don't go too far 
off track in the off season. Like we're not trying to purposely put on body fat because sometimes it's hard to see what's going on. You say, what do you say? Unveiling the curtain. Yeah. So you don't want that curtain to be too thick because you don't know what's going on. How much muscle did you build? Who knows? Um, yeah, that that is a tough one because I feel like, you know, the what happens is the girls are going in the off season and then once the shows start up, they get Yancy and they're like, oh my God, I want to compete. Oh my gosh, am I ready? Am I ready? And it's it's difficult to give a straight answer because there's a few things that go into consideration. Like, well, how much muscle do you think we might lose if we start cutting? And what what kind of cardio do we need to do? How much do we need to reduce the calories by? What time frame are we looking at? There's so many things that go into consideration, but it can cause a lot of confusion. Yeah, I think you pretty much pretty much nailed that one. That was good. This so, is where you would say a more clear answer. <laughs> it was really good. No, exactly. So a few factors. I guess the other factors you could look at, because I'm looking at other things past that, would be um, one, uh, to be for sure, this is hard to do. Being for sure is going to be hard to do because you have to lose the body fat, and you're not mm -hmm. going to know until you lose the body fat if you've been there long enough. So that the only no, the only way to know for sure if you built up enough muscles to lose the body fat. So again, you can pull back the curtain and see. Um, but some of them could be other things that you're trying to do. Are you, let's say you've been dieting for, you know, three years because you had to lose 50 pounds or whatever, and you've been always dieting. Well, have you been in a corrective stage long enough to have a good starting point of your prep? Because when you start prep, you want to start prep from a good calorie standpoint. You want to be kind of as high as calories as you can be and as low as cardio as you can be as your starting point. If you're starting prep and you're at, 1200 calories and you're doing 45 minutes of cardio a day and that's your starting point that's your baseline it's going to be really it's going to be a really tough prep because where are you going to go from there if you that's come a good point yeah if you come to me as a coach and you're like i've been in this long off season and I, I was dieting really hard and my metabolism is like crap my hormones are crap and i got my calories all the way up to 1200 <laughs> like oh. up to 1200 this is the actual things happen to me these are the emails i get and i i got you know i'm only doing 45 minutes of cardio now and i'm doing it six days a week but i love cardio so i don't mind and I want to do a prep. And I'm like, do you, you understand? Like if, if you're maintaining at 1200 calories and 45 minutes of cardio and you've been doing this for years, the, how, where you're going to go in calories to get ready for this show and where you're going to go in cardio to get ready for the show. Are you mentally prepared for that? Cause we're talking a two hour, 1000 calorie scenario here versus because you started your prep too soon versus someone who's like, okay, I need to get my, I need to get my metabolism fully corrected. I need to get my hormone output where it needs to be. That way I can actually eat some food, build some muscle, and I need to get my cardio down because otherwise I'm asking for trouble in this prep, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that could be a clear sign. So if you need like a, uh, like a, a number, like a, a good number to start with, just make sure you're starting from a good calorie standpoint, I guess would be a good, a good way of doing it without crazy body fat. You know, I don't want you eating 3000 calories and gaining 30 pounds of body fat, just so you could say I ate 3000 calories. Cause then the same thing will happen in reverse. Now you're gonna have to diet even harder again. And the same thing happens, but yeah, get diet long, go in the off season long enough to get everything corrected metabolically, um, to appear to have the muscle that you need. Of course, it's, that's going to be hard. I don't want to disappoint you if you don't have as much muscle when you get ready for a show. I will say that's a very common thing. And I do, it does suck when it happens because it happens more often. It happens more often than not. You know, you have someone gain a bunch of weight in the off season and like, oh, I'm going to have this great. I'm going to look awesome this year. I'm going to put on five pounds of muscle. And then you get ready for the show. And I'm like, yeah, you're up a half a pound. <laughs> like you're, you're up a pound. Good job. You know, like it's great. A pound of muscle is good, you know, but 
it's it's not usually it's not what people think it is when they're gaining 20 you know yeah. they're like oh i'm gonna gain i gained six pounds i guarantee it's six pounds of muscle i'm like we'll see <laughs> and it's and it's usually not it's usually it's pretty hard to build a lot of muscle so um so yeah so there's those are the factors but one of them i guess would be the the calorie if you need like a like a quantitative way of doing it right it's like okay get my calories up get my cardio down then that's a good starting point that's where that's how i know i've been in a long enough off season and if i have enough muscle visually uh, hopefully you do. And I will say guys fat when it's not a lot of fat looks like muscle, like it's very confusing when you have like just a, let's say you're on stage and you're ripped like Ashley, if Ashley puts on, like we know her body really well, but if, if she puts on 10 pounds of, of fat, her shoulders will look more muscular. They will look rounder. Her arms will look rounder. Her glutes will look bigger. You'll see a little bit of the fat, but it doesn't look like it's 10 pounds of fat. It looks like it's like, oh, a couple pounds. Yeah, you just got to lose a couple pounds of fat. You just put on a lot of muscle. Like it looks hard because it doesn't get like jiggly or cellulite like in like a 10 pound period. It's that's like a 25, 30 pound period where you start seeing like fat kind of hanging a little bit on the glutes or really accumulating on the backside. Like it, it doesn't look like, <laughs> like fat. It's the, you know what I mean? Like how we associate fat. It doesn't look like that. It looks like you gain pure muscle. So it's a little bit of a mind, a little bit of a mind game too, right? So that that was a fun little journey. <laughs> I like that. All right, so I'm reading some of these questions as I'm doing this. Um, this one is actually pretty decent for anyone who's going through um, a surgery or anything like this. Uh, for this is for Ashley. So it says, Ashley, what do you? I'm sorry. What will you do to help maintain your muscle while recovering from surgery? So one of the things will be to just get in an adequate amount of protein. Good amount of amino acids, increase the amino acids a little bit. You know, leucine's great if you're going to be down from working out. You can leucine will really help you maintain lean mass a little better than if you're if you're not lifting. There's a study done on leucine versus people who had were bedridden. A group that had leucine and a group that didn't have leucine. The group that had leucine had a significant. They maintained a significant more amount of lean mass. So if you're going through anything like unable to work out for an extended period of time, and I do want to reiterate, extended period of time. You're not going to lose muscle if you don't work out for three days. Like if you don't work out for five days. That's going to be in your mind if you think that. Yeah. I know it can feel like it. You kind of get that too. You're like, yeah. oh, I feel small. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's You're not like actually losing skeletal muscle. And that's why we go back to going back to that other issue of like someone who's gotten too muscular for division. Actually losing skeletal muscle is hard to do. Like it's, it's not, it doesn't just fall off. Like people think, oh, if I don't hit my my anabolic window of 30 minutes of, of, of after lifting, I'm not, I'm losing muscle and I'm catabolic. And I, I went four hours between my last meal and I'm losing all this muscle. Like you're not built that way. Like you got to step back from bodybuilding for a second and think about what it actually is. Right. You're like, okay, let's just not take talk about bodybuilding. Let's talk about maintaining life. Right. Your body thinks the only reason you're this muscular is because your body thinks you need this much muscle now to do your life, to live your life. Because your body doesn't know, right? You're you're just genetically programmed. Your body doesn't know that, oh, Ashley's needs these huge glutes, huge glutes, <laughs> because he just wants them to compete on stage in a sparkly bikini. Her, her, <laughs> her body thinks Ashley does something every day that requires me to have more glute muscle. And I need to find a way to have much more glute muscle because apparently she's pushing rocks up a hill or something, <laughs> right? They don't, it doesn't know that you don't need this for survival, right? So in order for Ashley to survive and to keep hunting 
her cheetahs that she's eating, right? And going uphill and chasing these things and getting water or whatever it is, she needs this much muscle to survive, right? She needs this much muscle to survive because that's how, that's what she's doing every single day. And that's how the body is now to help her get through her tasks, right? It doesn't know that you're doing this. So think about that. Okay. We're living 300 years ago. Ashley's chasing Siberian tigers, <laughs> right? She needs these huge glutes to get over these hills to get water and catch the Siberian tiger. But now Ashley hurt her ankle, right? And she can't go up these hills for 10 days, right? Think about that. All right. What happens? What does the body do? Does it just fall apart? Now Ashley cannot go up these hills anymore and no longer chase become Siberian. a stick figure. Yeah, she can't, she can't chase Siberian tigers anymore. And now she can't eat and she dies. Does that sound like a recipe that you'd be created, like how you'd be created? No, because that's going to happen if she's chasing tigers. She's going to hurt her ankle, hurt her foot, or whatever. So she still needs to be able to just jump back in and chase those tigers to feed her tribe or whatever it is. And that's how you're programmed. So whatever you do now, you're programmed and you've designed your body to get through life and it body thinks it's what you need for survival. So if you're lifting weights, it's not going to go away that quickly. Now, if she doesn't do it for a year, she's now her body knows, okay, I don't need to do that anymore. So I'm not, I haven't been chasing tigers for a year, I guess. So now I'm going to have less muscle on me because I don't want to have that much muscle on me because it burns all these calories. And I don't, I never really wanted that much muscle anyways, but I think I just needed it for survival. Right. So let's, now we could bring it back because <laughs> that was a long journey, but that's how it actually works. Right. That's how your body is, is responding to the stresses that you're putting on in a daily way. So, you know, you will not lose muscle that quickly. It won't come away that quick and it'll come back very quickly too because instantly it's going to be like, oh, we must be chasing tigers again. I better get, get those big old glutes, right? So, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, don't stress so much about it. Will she lose muscle if she doesn't work out for a month? Yeah, a little bit. Will she get it back quickly? Yeah, very fast. And you see this happen all the time with bodybuilders who take off a full month after the Olympia. There used to be a bodybuilder. Um, you can look it up, Kevin Lavroni, when he would travel, uh, he was a, he was also a musician, one of the best physiques, one of my favorite physiques of all time. Actually, he might be my favorite physique of all time. I thought body I was your favorite. <laughs> body <building. laughs> <laughs> so, And he, he, uh, he would take six months off, five months off a year. Like, and he would still be like one of the bigger guys on stage, absolute monster on stage. And so it comes back really, really fast. He was like one of the guys that was like, changed the game. It was like, oh, he's growing into the Olympia. He takes off crazy amounts of time, you know? Um, so, and it's very common that Olympia guys just take off two months, three months after the Olympia. It's, it's a pretty common thing. So there you go. I would also add on to that. Like whenever you take time off from the gym or you haven't worked out in a while, like you will physically feel smaller and you might lose some weight, but what's really might more likely that's happening is you're, you've gotten rid of inflammation. <laughs> so your body's just like, it feels small, but it's not necessarily muscle that's lost, just more so inflammation, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, and that could be our last um, one we go into because we actually had a question that is relative to that. It says, um, you talked last week about rest days. I think I'm overtrained and inflamed. Look at that. How relevant. That, that rhymes, overtrained and inflamed. <laughs> not working blame? out in the gym. That's insane. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Mixtape coming soon. <laughs> Um, have you seen people drop weight and inflammation by doing less? Oh yeah. That's most peak weeks. Yeah. Most peak weeks. Yeah. It's crazy. Like I would say 75% of the time girl, my girls that do peak weeks since the, the workouts are less intense and we want to get rid of that inflammation. It's like the numbers go down without 
trying really. Yeah. Like it's it's insane. It's almost like the less less is more in a sense at towards the end. Yeah, they'll eat more food. Mhm. Less cardio. Less more rest days, yeah. less workouts and you lose the most in the whole prep. And it's like what the heck is going on? Yeah. It's like it doesn't make sense but it does if you think about it. Yeah. The water retention leaves the body kind of like just Rest is rests rest is rest is, rest is, rest is, rest is <laughs> that's great uh, and so yeah it's it's uh, definitely possible and it, and I'd, don't let it mess with your head if you do lose weight when you're taking time off from the gym the other thing is too is you're not when you go into the gym and you're having let's say you have carbs and you have intra carbs and post carbs and whatever you're you have a lot of carbohydrates that you're like shoving into the muscle because you're getting a good pump and you're you're kind of shoving in the muscle so your glycogen's super loaded right your body's just like okay i have carbs there blood shoving glucose into my muscles i'm feeling like that hard dense feeling that round fullness um and then you don't do that for you know two weeks yeah you're not going to get that like crammed full of glucose in the muscle where you're not feeling as big not feeling as round and then you'll associate that with oh i'm softer now the muscle's not as hard i feel like i'm gaining body fat i feel like i'm losing muscle like, no, you just need a couple of good workouts and some carbs and some water and some sodium. You're going to be good to go. It'll be right back where you were. And, and it happens every time when I have someone who freaks out. Because, you know, I'm the same way. I used to be like that, at least. Where I would freak out. Oh, man, I'm I'm losing these gains. <laughs> and I'd have, have clients will write in. I'm like, just give it like two weeks. And then they'll be like, oh, yeah, after like two workouts, it was fine. <laughs> I don't know what else they did. Like, yeah, everyone needs to go through that once and kind of learn that that's how it works. So, um, so yeah, anything else you want to add to this, Ashley, before we sign off? Yeah, I would say don't, I wouldn't be so quick to say overtrained though. Oh, yeah. You know, because I think we kind of use that as like a, oh, maybe I'm doing too much, too much work, maybe, but. I would also ask like, well, are you recovering good? Like, are you feeling weaker in the gym or stronger in the gym? You know, because being inflamed might not be a big deal necessarily. Um, that's kind of how, just like you explained, that's kind of what part happens. Of it. yeah, it's, it's part of, part of the yeah. process. But I wouldn't be so quick to think that you're overtrained. I would I would go to other like things to to check off the list before you assume you're overtrained. Biggest thing being like, do you feel strong in the gym or are you getting weaker? You know? Yeah. I think that's a big indication. Like, okay, maybe it's time for to back off a little bit to let those muscles recover a little bit more. Yeah. It's pretty difficult to actually overtrain. So she's definitely right about that. So yeah. very rarely are you going to actually run into that overtraining window because mm-hmm. like Ashley says here and there on the podcast that bikini training is much easier than, you know, track training and, and her, um, her, her sport she was doing prior. Like this, if you think about it, our sport with how we physically move our body, it's not that crazy. You're doing, let's say you're in the gym for an hour. You're actually lifting weights for like 20, 20 minutes, 15 minutes of that hour. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking 45 second, one minute, uh, working out with, you know, 60 second, rest periods with two minutes to get to the next machine like you're lifting you're doing actual exercise for like 15 20 minutes like it's not like a day <laughs> i'm like oh that's too much for you i'm sorry buddy like do you know what you used your body's program to do it's chase siberian tigers to get huge glutes yeah <laughs> it's like you're we would you know travel for days to try to get food before like it wasn't you know it's a lot like more like sun up to sundown like farmers would be farming like you're, the amount we use our body in bodybuilding to overtrain with it is really really difficult with how you're designed so um so yeah there you go there you go guys so thank there you, you guys so much for 
listening and your fun questions. Those are always fun. I, I know we can't do them every, like all the time, but they are very fun. They are fun. Especially when I we do them live. Them. Yeah. yeah. Live people ask questions. These are always fun for us. So if you have any questions that you want answered, maybe shoot them in the comments yeah. and then we can maybe attack them on a later date. But I really like these ones. I do have a good time with them. Thank you for participating, everyone. Yeah, that was fun. So anyway, guys, thank you so much. As always, Angel Competition Bikini, code Ashley K Fit. Just save 20%. Save That's 20. a good deal. It is a good deal. That's a lot of 20%. free sparkles right there. Then uh, muscleegg.com forward slash Team Elite Physique. Give us some, some egg whites. I guess that's all we got for today, huh? Heck yeah. All right, well, guys. Until next week, we'll see you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.